0: Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's word.
1: I get the idea behind it. But you see the fleshly mindset there? You know, if I'm not around, is Jesus still going to get stuff done? Yeah, if you're not around, is Jesus still going to get stuff done? Can Jesus use anybody that he wants to use? And does he use anybody that he wants to use? If I don't step up and get used by Jesus, is Jesus going to be able to find somebody to come in and take my place and do exactly the things that he would want me to do? Yeah, he can do all these things. And so it's not without me, Jesus, you can do nothing. It's, a, it's without you, Jesus, I can do nothing. And you got to tweak that whole thing around. And if you don't, you are going to be one frustrated person. As a follower of Jesus, if you got a church that's like that, you are going to have an absolutely frustrated church because they've got it exactly the opposite. And again, not to, not to beat this whole thing up, but we, we need to understand where the power really comes from. Again, a lot of believers live their lives as if they're helping Jesus out. And what Jesus would be saying to that is, thanks, but no thanks. Step back and let me get done the things that I want to get done. And so uh, uh, again, the, the life comes from Christ. There is no life, there is no fruit without Jesus and separated branches wither. Fruit dies, the branch dies, and then you burn it. That's all it's good for at that point. And we have obvious, there's obvious application to this whole thing. And again, who's the source of my life and fruitfulness? And that's Jesus. And when you're looking at the whole pruning thing that we talked about, are trials signs of God's, God's displeasure? And you know what? Sometimes they are. Sometimes you're going through a trial because you're being stupid and Jesus is trying to get your attention. Stop being stupid, right? And so we've all gone through trials like that. But most of the trials that a believer who's walking with the Lord is going to go through are trials that God allows because he wants to trim away the junk, the little branches that are sucking the sap and have no fruit. He's trying to trim those things away from you so that you can bear more fruit. And, you know, he's just helping you to grow. Sometimes trials are indicators that God is pleased with the fruit in my life. And so you're not going through a trial because you've done something wrong. You're going through a trial because you've been doing a lot of things right. And God would like to see a lot more. And then finally, if I'm feeling barren, if I feel like I'm dying, what's the answer? And the answer is a connection with the Lord. That is the answer. And it's not anything else. It's, a, it's all about a dependence on Jesus. And it's all about a realization that without him, once again, I can do nothing. Jesus goes on in this passage and he talks about bearing much fruit. Again, if you look down in verse five, I'm the vine, um, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch. But verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so Jesus talks about bearing much fruit, and then he goes through, and he gives a number of, of situations that are indicators of the fruit that we're going to have in our lives. And the first one that he gives is in verse seven and it's answered prayer. Again, in verse six, I throw them into the fire and they are burned, but, and this is the contrast, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And so one of the, one of the aspects of fruit bearing in a Christian's life is the fact that they have answered prayer. And that right there, verse seven, is a promise of God. So if I abide in Christ and his words abide in me, I'm gonna be able to ask whatever I desire and it's gonna be done for me. And so that's an if-then statement. If anybody has ever done computer programming, you know how that works. It's an if-then statement. If I do these things, then these things are going to happen. And so the two things that I need to have happening in my life to always get answered prayer is I need to be abiding in Christ and his words need to be abiding in me. And if those two things are happening, my prayers are going to be answered. Turn over to Psalm thirty-seven. Psalm thirty-seven, and this is this is familiar to you. I've, I've I've come to this passage a number of different times. But if you look in verse in verse three, it says, "Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on His faithfulness." See see the emphasis on being in in the Lord there. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. Uh, noonday. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked uh, schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. And so in that passage, it talks about the fact that I need to be trusting in the Lord, um, feeding on his faithfulness, delighting myself in the Lord, and he gives me the desires of my heart. You know why he can do that? Because if I'm doing those things, if I'm delighting myself in the Lord, then what I'm going after is what the Lord wants. Again, I'm abiding in Christ. I start becoming more Christ-like. The people that you hang with are the people that you become like. And there are things that God will always answer in the positive. He will always answer in the positive. And those things are the things that are according to his will. Well, what if I want something and I don't know if it's according to his will? Well, do you want it if it's not according to his will? And that's a question that you need to ask yourself. There there are times when I have wanted things that were not God's will. I thought it was a good thing for me. I thought it was a good plan for me. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was something that should be done. It was always in my schedule. It was always on my agenda. And why can't God rubber stamp this thing for me? And there are times when he will not. He's not going to bless anything that's going to destroy me, for example. And so maybe I want, a, you know, a, a, a brand new awesome car. And God knows that if I get the brand new awesome car, I'm going to bur- do brand new stupid things with a brand new awesome car and I'm going to destroy my life and maybe I'm going to destroy somebody else's life. Maybe I want this brand new awesome person in my life. And, you know, I'm I'm talking about guys and girlfriends and wives and that kind of stuff. And God knows that if he allows that relationship to go on, that it's not only going to destroy you, it's going to destroy her. And so God begins actively working in, in, in separating you two. And the reason is not because he doesn't want you to have joy and peace and marriage and and love and all that kind of stuff. It's just that you're never gonna have it with that chick. And she's never gonna have it with you. And so what God's going to do is he's going to do exactly the opposite. And so when I'm praying, my desire needs to always be in line with God's will. Does God wanna do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think? You know that's a verse out of the book of Ephesians in chapter two. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think, even think of asking. That's where where God's head is at. That's what he wants to do. And the question is, do I actually believe that? And if I actually believe that, then this whole thing about praying and praying according to the will of God and that kind of stuff, it just becomes a really easy thing. Because if I'm praying and I don't know if something is God's will, you know, there's some things I'm praying and I know is God's will. God, will you please work in that dude's life? He needs to know you. Will you please do something with him to open his eyes so that he can see who you are, so that he can make a decision as to whether or not he's going to follow you. That prayer is always going to get answered. And it's always going to get answered in the positive. You know why? Because God states that in his word. It's exactly what's he, what he wants to do with every person on this planet. If I say, God, save that guy and take him to heaven with you, is that gonna get answered? Does God do anything against my will? Does God do anything against anybody else's will? Does God take anybody to heaven without them wanting to go? See what I mean? So that's how I pray. And, you know, I'm not saying that if you say, pray, you know, Jesus, please save this guy, that he's not going to, you know, go after the guy and, you know, open his eyes and that kind of stuff, but he's not going to make him go to heaven despite the fact that he doesn't want to. That is not going to happen because God's not going to violate that man or that woman's free will. He will open their eyes. He will show them who he is. He will put them in a place where they can make a reasoned response to the gospel, he will do all that because that's what he's promised to do. He will draw them to Jesus because that's what he's promised to do. But he's not going to make them go to heaven. See the difference? And so when I'm, when I'm praying, I want to pray according to what the word of God has to say. And so there are are those things, like I said, just using that as an example, that I can pray and I know that these things are going to happen. When I'm doing evangelism, when I'm on a Sunday morning usually, and I'm going through my Bible study and I'm teaching and I'm going to give an invitation at the end, all the way through the Bible study, that's what I'm praying. I'm praying that God would open people's eyes. I'm praying that God would show them who he is. I'm praying that God would get, give people an understanding of what's going on here. And I'm pray, And at, at the very end, when I'm praying for people, I'm praying that God would help them to understand who he is and come into a relationship with him. And that's how, that's how I pray for those people. And then, you know, stuff happens. When I'm talking to them, that's the way that I'm going in my conversation with them. And the reason that I do that is because, again, it's, uh, uh, it's according to the will of God. And so there are, again, are things that I know. Um, Does God want to bless my marriage? Yeah. Does God want to make me closer to my wife? Does God want to make me more like Jesus? Wives, does God want to bless your marriage? Does God want want to bless your husband? Does he want to make you more submissive like the church? (laughs) See what I mean? And so there, there are things that, that scripture says. And so when I'm praying for my marriage, I can know that there are certain things that God's going to answer about my marriage that he's, he's going to do with my kids. Does, it, does God want to reach my kids? Yeah, but the, does that mean that they don't have a free will? Is God going to make my little kid a robot? It, you see what I mean? And so, so a lot of times when we're, when we're praying about things, I think that we need to get an understanding of the way that God works. And if I'm abiding in Christ, if I'm abiding in Jesus, I start thinking like Jesus. And there, there are times, actually, there have been times over the years when I've been praying about something and Jesus just goes, Steve, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> and, I, and I stop and I go, okay, I get it. You know, I get where I'm going because I really want him to. And, and the Lord just goes, no, I am not gonna do that. That's, again, not within my will. And so when I'm going through praying about stuff, I'm praying according to God's will. Now, there's some stuff I don't know if it's God's will or not. And so, God, I want this certain thing. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it's a car, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And what I am doing is, is I'm going through and I'm looking at those things, and I'm seeing whether or not there's anything about this that would be against the will of God. So, does God want Steve Winery to own a bar? nope. And so I could pray about that all day long, and the answer is going to be no. Does God want Steve Winnery to run a house of prostitution? Nope. And so I'm giving you extreme examples here, right? Nope, he does not. And so praying about that is going to be pointless, right? But then there are other things that are innocuous, and I don't know if God wants me to have them or not. And so, you know, when, when, I've, when I've prayed about purchases and that kind of stuff, does God want me to have a new washing machine? I don't know if he wants me to have a new washing machine or not. And so I pray about those things. Does God, God want me to have a new couch? And, you know, I don't know if God wants me to have a new couch or not. And so, you know, again, I pray about those things. I, I haven't told the couch story in a long time. I was down in Southern California. We had a, we had a, actually, we had a real cool couch. Bobby, where'd that come from? Was that your, your grandma's couch or something? Yeah, it was it was really long. I could lay on it, and my feet wouldn't touch the arms, or, you know, feet, feet and head wouldn't touch it. It was awesome. It was an awesome couch, but it was getting old. We had Bible studies, and it was pretty nasty. And so uh, we needed a new couch. Well, I had enough money to buy a new couch, but i pray about those things, and I was like, Lord, you know, I'd like to have a new couch. And so anyway, went down, lived in the mountains at the time, went down the hill, and uh, passed by a furniture store, and we had some time, so went into the furniture store to look at couches, and there was a furniture salesman there, and he came up, and he was talking to me, and he said, well, what you looking for? I'm looking for couches, and you know, he showed me some, and he goes, these are a real good deal. I can give you a real good deal on this stuff, and I go, well, I don't, you know, I'm just kind of looking, and I, I don't know. And He goes, well, you know, what's keeping you from buying a couch? He goes, I go, well, I pray about things, you know, and so I don't know if God wants me to have it right now or not. And so I need to pray about it. He goes, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, go ahead. Go, you know, go have a seat. And so I went over, and I sat down on one of the chairs, and I sat there and prayed about it. And um, actually, when I prayed about it, I felt like God said, nope, I don't want you to get this. And I got up, and I walked over to the guy, and I go, you know, I feel like God told me, no, he doesn't want me to get it, but I appreciate you telling me to pray about it. So if he tells me different, I'm coming right here and I'm going to buy it from you, right? And so I left that night. My wife was with me. We went back up the hill, got up the hill, got a, a, a call uh, from the church secretary. And she goes, Steve, I've been trying to get you all day long. And we didn't have cell phones at the time. Try, been trying to get you all day long. And I go, what's going up? Well, there's a couple in our, in our fellowship and they want to give you a couch. And I go, they want to give us a couch? And she goes, yeah, it's brand new. And I'm like, okay. And so I called, her, I called the lady up and I said, you know what? I was just looking for a couch and, you know, I've got enough money to pay for it. You don't have to give it to me. You can just pay for it. And she goes, well, come on over. And so me and Bobby go over. Brand new couch. It wasn't one couch. It was a couch and a loveseat. And they were still wrapped up in the, in the plastic and she goes, you know what, I ordered this and it, it's, it's not the pattern that I doesn't look good in my house and so we don't want it and so we want to give it to you. And I go, well, you don't have to give it to me, I'll pay for it. She goes, Steve, let me give it to you. You know, and she started lecturing me. And I went, yes, ma'am. And so <laughs> anyway, she ended up giving it to us. That's the reason God, when I was down in the furniture to- store, told me no. It's because he wanted to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. I needed a couch, and God didn't want to give me one couch. He wanted to give me two, and he wanted to give them to me. See what I mean? And so when I pray, I pray according to the will of God. And so God, if you got something better going, than what I want to come up with here, I want to buy this couch in this furniture store right now, but if you've got something better going, I would rather do that. And that is always part of my prayer. And so in the Lord's prayer, our, our, um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're always praying according to the will of God and it needs to mean something. And if we, if we do that, then we're going to get the things that God has for us. And many times those things are gonna be better than what you had planned. And I can go through, and that's just one Pretty straightforward example. I have tons of those in my life where I had one plan and God had another plan and it always worked out best. And so I have no desire to be outside the will of God on anything because he's, he's got me covered. He's got it covered really well. And so if I abide in him and his word abides in me, and you can tell that all the way through this, I've been talking about God's word and certain things that he says and that kind of stuff. His word abides in me. I can ask what I will and it'll be done for me. And what I will is that God's will always be done for me. Whether I've I've come up with it or not. And again, that's the answer to prayer. If I am delighting myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart and the reason he can do that is because my heart has changed. And all of a sudden, the desires of my heart are lining up with his desires and he can freely give me all things. See how that works? And so that, again, is one of the aspects of the fruit that comes in a believer's life when you're abiding in Christ. When you're abiding in Christ, you're gonna have answered prayer. And if you're not having answered prayer, if the answer is always no, it's a, if, it, if it never happens, the first place you need to look is am I abiding? It's just the first place. Am I in that place? Am I linked up with Jesus? Am I tight with him? Because if I'm tight with him, then these things should be going on. I'm also not saying that those things happen to me instantaneously. I was an assistant pastor down in Big Bear. God had told me that I was going to be a head pastor Um, before I got to Big Bear. I was in Big Bear for seven years, And the last probably four, you know, four or five years of that period of time, I was praying constantly, God, when, when, when? And I had to wait. But God had told me that I was going to be a head pastor. And that's exactly what he did. Here I am, right? God came through. He just didn't come through in the timing that I had. And so sometimes God puts things, God puts things off. It was the same thing when I got, you know, when I got married. I started wanting to be married about 19 years old. And I'm praying and praying and praying. God, just bring the one, bring her, bring her, bring her. And you know, lo and behold, the one was still a heathen. She's wandering around doing heathen things. And it wasn't until I was 20 that she got saved. And then I didn't even get to know her until about a year after she got saved, So now we're 21, and then at that point, God brought us together and we started dating and you know got engaged. And when I was 22 years old, we got married. And so I can be begging God all I want at 19 years old. God, bring her to me. God, you know, I, I just need to not be alone. You know, and why, all the whining that, I was Steve Winery at that point. All the whining that I was doing and stuff. And it didn't matter because the chick wasn't saved yet. God's sitting there, you know, I, I guess God could have spoke to me and said, Steve, she's not saved. But I wouldn't listen to any of that stuff. I was just whining, right? And so there's a timing too. And there are things that God has put off in my life as far as timing goes. When I moved up here, one of the first things that I started praying for was a conference center. I wanted a place in the, in the mountains where we could go and we could have conferences. And so when I moved up here, it was 1990. God didn't give it to me until 2011. But he gave it to me and he answered every one of my prayers about, about the whole conference. And so we got the ranch up there and God set that up but there was a period of time where I was waiting and I wasn't sitting there whining. at that point, I'd grown a little bit and I wasn't whining about it the whole time, but it was always there when I was praying, God, it would be really cool if we could have this thing. And it wasn't against God's will, but I didn't know that it was God's will for sure. And all the way through, I'm like, not what I will, Lord, but what you will. I I want this to be your plan, your purpose. I want this to happen in your timing, that kind of stuff, and I'm good. I can wait 21 years. I can do that to get good things that God has for us. And so, again, you have that. And I don't want to beat that whole thing up forever, but in any case, answered prayer. It's one of the signs that you're abiding in Christ. God's answering your prayer. 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so he talks about the fact that we're going to have a love for the Lord, abide in my love. Okay, what do those words mean? Whose love are we talking about? Jesus's. And what am I supposed to be doing? Abiding in Jesus' love. Okay, so what love is he talking about there? Does Jesus love me? Does Jesus love you? You think that's what we're talking about here? The love that Jesus has for us? If I was saying to my wife, because this is the picture, it's between Jesus and the church, that's, that's what we're talking about here. And so if I was talking to my wife and saying to Bobby, Bobby, you need to abide in my love. What am I saying to her? And what I'm saying at that point is you need to abide in the fact that I love you. You need to be rooted and grounded in the idea that I love you and not believe anything else. That's what it means. So, as the Father loved me, how does the Father love Jesus? Is there any conditions there? God loves Jesus unconditionally, and there's good reason for that, but he does love Jesus unconditionally. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you.
0: You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kenwick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7 30, 9 15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6 30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.